Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 56th episode of Concerned Dabs Podcast. I'm your host, Katie M. Kane. Our guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I am Six from Portland to Vegas. Six, are you with us, sir? Can you hear us okay? Oh, yes, sir. I'm right here. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Yeah, man, no doubt. I'm I'm super hyped, dude. I, uh, we had KV on the show last week, and he mentioned he knew you. I was like, man, we got to hit him up. He was like, yeah, man, talk to him. So, Man, I'm, shout, I'm, out, shout out to my uncle KV. KV yeah. Dallas, shout out. No doubt, man. Super cool cat. Okay, so, uh, and I also wanted to preface uh, before I start asking you questions that I met you at SP's talent showcases that he was throwing in Portland. Yes, so we'd like, yeah, so it's like we'd get the tickets and the flyers, and it was fun because it's like camaraderie amongst musicians. There was just right. times where I, I wish it was uh like it was like all ages, and I kind of wanted it to be get drunk and stuff like that, you know? Right, but, right. Sometimes that's how it is, but yeah. Yeah, but otherwise, awesome. yeah, otherwise it was a good time, and and shout out to SP for bringing everybody together, cause oh yes sir, yes sir, shout out. Yeah, so um, with that, I I'm just gonna freestyle it, dude. I'm looking at your your Instagram right now, um, and it says you're an artist, producer, and content creator, so multiple technologies, multiple talents. Yes. Um, but on your production credits, it says you produced It's Nothing by Mac Dre and Viral by S. Loyal featuring Too Short. Yes, sir. Those are uh, two records that I produced. Actually, starting with the Mac Dre record, that's the first record that I produced for a big artist. And I produced that record for him when I was 16 years old. Damn, really? 16. Damn. So, you know, so I was blessed. I was blessed. That's tight, dude. So, man, can you can you tell that story a little bit? Like, did he he was in Portland? You got to meet him and everything too. So yeah, yeah, I got to meet him. He was at my house, man. Like, it's a it's a it's a rare situation. But so what had happened was is so I've been doing music since I was young. Coming up under my dad, who uh, rest in peace. My dad's name is Sporty. He was a producer as well, um, a musician. Uh, art he was uh, man he he is a barber he did everything he did a little bit of everything but on the music side of it uh he was my producer for a group that i had called franchise which was managed by cool nuts oh dude was mikey vegas in that group yes sir oh dude yes sir right, man. yes sir cool. so glad, that group i'm glad i'm listening man so that group started at my house that oh okay started it started with three people and it ended up being six people after about uh, a couple months. We turned into like a, a the Portland Wu-Tang. And, yeah, uh, man, we, you know, the music was circulating around the city or whatnot. But so we had this group and uh, we were doing, Cool Nuts was getting us in a lot of shows. He was managing us. And so we were doing shows with Three Times Crazy, Keep the Sneak, E-40, uh, Mac Dre, just all these West top West Coast legends, Andre Nicotina, like anybody that came to Portland, we were opening for him. And so same thing happened for Mac Dre. And what happened was is he came down and he lost his what it, back then it was called a dat tape, which is your show tape. He yeah, lost yeah, yeah. his dat tape and he needed to be able to get his show tape done before he could go to the show so he could still perform. So a friend of a friend called my dad and sent him to my dad's to the to the studio which is at my house this was yep. just a 
this was a home studio. This is how Mac Dre worked. Like he liked to work with, you know, basement uh, producers. You know what I mean? Just home. Vibes. Just, Vibes. You know what I mean? It's the same. It's just some regular stuff. Like the same type of thing that uh, Zaytoven from the Bay. You know, he's coming to another city and uh, finding uh, a good independent underground producer and coming to their house. But he didn't come to get any music. So he just came just to use the studio so that he can get another tape, a show tape for the night. So when he got there, what happened was is he came down and my dad, just out of respect, asked him, did he know how to use the equipment? And he said, yeah, I know how to do it. So my dad got up out of his chair, which he never does for anybody. And he let Mac Drake go ahead and sit down and make his own tape instead of him trying to give my dad the instructions of how he wanted to do it and all that stuff. Let him so, engineer it himself. Right. So yeah. so basically the connection and the respect was already there just from the start, you know? So sure. as soon as he came down, they, he, he made his own tape and they connected. And through that process, you know, you down there, you seeing the keyboard and you're seeing all this different stuff. So it's more like, you know, play me some of what you, you know, what you doing down here. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, the business came about after that, but he took, so my dad is playing a lot of beats that he made. Mm-hmm. He, he He's picking out beats that my dad made. And my dad plays something that I made. Now, I used to just go in there every now and then and just get on the keyboard and, uh, you know, make some beats here and there. It wasn't, it was just, I was also producing for my group franchise. Like my dad did the majority of it. We had some production from Bosco. We had right. some production from Tory Ward. Uh, these are... Portland household names uh, yeah. with, you know, great production. But Bosco so, is large in my book. Dude. Oh, yes, yeah, so sir. Shout guy. out Bosco, yeah, yeah. Tory Ward, Kanye's workout plan. Crispy yeah. Hendrix. Yeah. yeah, so long story short, um, he basically, he got, he got the tape done, started picking beats. He's playing the beats and he goes across one of the beats that I made. And he plays it like my dad didn't skip over it. I think some parents may skip over it and not play it, you know, but the sound of it was, it was good. Like Mac Dre didn't know whether or not that was my dad made it or I made it. So he liked, you know, he liked it. And it ended up being, he took, uh, I believe he bought five beats that day and he went back to the Bay and came back two months later and the whole album was finished and he used every beat that he got from us. Oh man, that's tight, dude. Every beat. Which uh which which project was that that he put out? Was it one of That the- was on the Cutthroat Committee. Okay, cool. Tight, Cutthroat dude. Cutthroat Committee. So that's uh him, PSD, and Sugar Wolf. Yep. PSD the driver. Yes, sir. Sugar so- Wolf Pimp. Yeah, dude, that's, <laughs> that's tight, dude. I'm I'm, yes, I'm enjoying sir, hearing all this shit six, cause this is like guys I grew up listening to also, so it's classic, man. And you know, also, you're actually one of the first people to get the information because uh, I haven't really told this story really like that. Like, you know, I mean, I do post things on my Instagram and in my story and stuff like that. And I do give some information, but a lot of people don't know the full how, like, what was he even doing at your house? Like, you know, yeah. like that I have on my Instagram of me and him, that's when he was making his show tape. I came down and took a picture with him. My dad didn't, he wasn't worried about taking pictures with him because, you know, I mean, they're yeah. both older on them, but it's like, yeah, my son want to take a picture. Yeah, with you're a fan, man. Yes, you sir. Know? Like, yeah, for real. Yes, sir. 
that's tight dude Th- man thanks for sharing the story with us too bro like it, uh yeah shit man. like that is well, rest, in, rest in peace to Mac Dre, man. I just want to, you know, rest in peace to Mac Dre. He blessed me. Um, that's it was so at that time, I already was a fan, but more so because my dad was a fan. My dad is from LA and he moved to Portland at a young age, but he was really uh into the Bay Area music. And so I was listening to Mac Maul and Mac Dre and all these different people. So the respect that my dad had for these people, I I did too when I was already a fan. So when I met Mac Dre, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know that he was going to be what he is today. Yeah. He wasn't as large back then. Right. It wasn't, it it wasn't, it wasn't to that point yet, you know? And so it was just an honor to have my name attached to anything that he's done, you know? A lot of my buddies too started listening to him when it was the this phase, and and he was tight way before that, dude. Yes, sir. You know, yes, sir. like when he was working with Kyrie, yeah, the song all the way that. back too hard for the radio. Yeah, dude, like he's yeah. So it's I like following his career too because there is a bunch of evolutionary steps. You know what I mean? And yes, sir. It's it's uh you can hear the talent from the beginning though, and it's. It's a very, very cool story, Six. Like, uh, man, because I, I, uh, I used to rock with vocab real tough, and he, he was the one who told me about the franchise. Is oh, okay. uh, yeah, he, he got a, there was a beat that RPM made for me that RPM was like, if Kane says you can have it, you can have it. And I was like, dude, go ahead. I didn't come up with anything to it. And he put a Mikey verse on there on the third verse. And at that time, I think Mikey was still not he was part of the franchise or whatever he wasn't um solo totally yet or with illa or anything so right yeah we didn't when we just split up our group then kind of split up for a while like we actually went from franchise to the flyboys ah okay so that was was img too yeah that whole flyboy movement that was just our transition we transitioned from the franchise we kind of we changed our name well we had a lot of little personal stuff that happened i actually ended up going to jail uh, my dad went to jail. Like a, a lot of stuff happened. So being that the basis was the foundation was at my house, being that I was gone and my dad was gone, things kind of separated for a little bit. But when everybody kind of came back, uh, we kind of transitioned and changed our name. I don't know if you remember when the franchise boys came out. We didn't. We was like, ah, well, we already had this name, but let's just change it. And you know, we end up changing the name and uh, just branding the whole Flyboy thing. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Everybody kind of went and did their own little solo thing. So yeah, shout out to all my bros too, Mikey Vegas. You know, everybody that was in the group. Yeah, I'm a fan of his trap kitchen stuff he's doing now too. I want to bug him to get on the show and he's when he's looking a little less busy, I'll send him a message. But oh uh, yeah, yeah, get at him. He'll yeah. get on there for sure. Yeah, I I I'm a fan of that guy's music too. And it, it just uh it's cool to see guys make transitions into other areas and then still have involvement with the music too man like hey multi-talented though like that's the thing a lot of people don't know like they see us rapping and that's what our focus is because that's how we get like if we focus on something we're gonna zero all the way in and get tunnel vision on it but it doesn't mean that we're not you know we don't have other talents other gifts you know that we can display and so now i think as we've got older and with the market in Portland, the music market not being as uh, like kind of how we thought it was. Maybe when we were younger, they know that 
the whole market for music wasn't really there for the hip hop scene. So yeah. you know, we got to figure out some other avenues in the meantime of still pursuing the career, you know? Yeah, that was, dude, it was my goal for so long just to move to Portland, man. You know what I mean? And same thing, got got some charges in 08, had to stay in Idaho until 2010. And it's like, when I finally got there, it was like, yeah, you know? And, and then right. it is, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't fully a scene or anything yet. It's still kind of spotty, but any of my friends who were doing music, I tried to come to their shows and support. That's um, love. Yeah. Cause I mean, I was, uh, out of town or coming. I wasn't, I didn't have plugs. You know what I mean? I knew vo vocab and uh, a couple other people, but it's like, I had to show up and try and rub shoulders the best I could, man. So. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. It's, bu it's building some different things is happening going on in the city, man. And that's, you know, you got Amine who's doing nationally known things, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's definitely building. There's a lot of artists that's still coming. We just got to, you know, stay down and the unity, the yeah. unity. I think now that people are starting to do more collaborations and yeah. work with each other in the city that you start to, uh, you know, different, different doors and avenues open up from other people, you know, it's not always just your connections might not be enough, you know? Yeah. That's man. That's how I met Zito too. Is through vocab, and I, I'm gonna get him on the show too. Uh, but yeah, he he does the acting stuff too and the rapping. I'm like, yeah, man. yeah. Actually, Zito. Uh, shout out to Zito, man. He had just mentioned me in this in his new record that he released called Dear Rose, which is one of his uh, recent singles. I know he got a, a video out for it. You know, he we was he was just going down and listing all these different artists that have uh, helped that like the city wouldn't be this without you and you know showing love to everybody out in the city man and that's dope you know it's not a lot of people that just that whole that whole positive vibe putting that out there that's you know that's love yeah man i, I like a lot of the shit he posts too man i'm just and I, like every now and then he'll uh we'll message each other and like it, it's it's cool man i, I want to get him on the show he's yeah good like dude he's, for sure he, yeah <laughs> he's making some moves yeah um so I also wanted to say, uh, when I did meet you through at the talent showcase thing, like I recognized you because I, I would always go to Cannabis and I'm like, yeah, this yeah. Guy, I saw this guy Cannabis, man. Like he is an official rapper, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. Like, man, I was always at the Cannabis. Shout out to my guy, Matt. Yeah, dude. So, uh, I mean, fuck, dude. I was just trying to use that as a segue to start talking about weed a little bit, but it was. It was like, nah, man, yeah, that guy's cool. I see him at the weed spot. So, yeah, it, it just instant credibility. Six. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah I stayed in there, man. You got. I got to be in there when the where the gas is at, man. I got to go where the best is at. And then on top of that, the cannabis was a nice. Uh, it was just nice all the way around. And then like you yeah. know, you had good people. To, it was just good vibes in there. Yeah, it was. It was like an old firehouse or something, right? Yeah, 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 and they had like the pool table upstairs, and you you could borrow a bong and smoke with the stuff you just grabbed. I was just like, telling somebody about this recently, like yeah. before that, before they actually shut it down to where you couldn't be able to smoke and stuff. Like that was the spot. Like you go in there and you could pay what I think it might have been like five dollars or so, and uh, yep. yeah, you could test out all these different strains, and everybody's just in there, you know, just hey, you want to try this? You want to you yeah. playing pool? playing video games upstairs, like the yeah. big screen TV. It was good times, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, man, and, and no, yeah, 
no sweat no one bothering you you know like no no cops coming and fucking with anything it's like nah man everybody had their card everybody paid the fee we're, we're in here yes. sampling the wares yeah and and that man that really taught me to uh follow my nose you know when there's there's 20 or 30 jars it's i'm gonna grab what smells best to me as far as what i what i would eat or smoke or something like that you know right I mean? right right Yes, yeah, sir. Gross. Yeah, you gotta you gotta smell it, man. That's the that's the key. Cause I was actually talking to my boy today. Like even the looks can be deceiving sometimes. Yeah. When you're right. a real weed connoisseur, though, then you start to realize that you gotta let me crack this bud open a little bit and see what it really smell like in there. You know what I mean? And yeah, cause I'm a, I'm a Kush I'm a Kush guy. Real, I'm an indica. You know, I mean, I I, I do the you know hybrids cookies. I've been yeah. out here smoking all type of crazy stuff though. I just run Zowers, Gelato, yeah. uh, London Pound Cake, Blue Word. Sherbet Cookies, all the exotics. So I'm like in heaven right now, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's, man, that's what I'm happy about being back in the Northwest too, man. In Phoenix, I had my card for the first year and just the the selection on the, on the shelf wasn't the same and the product knowledge of the people behind the counter too is not the same as Oregon or Washington. So right, yeah. It's 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 not wrecked down there in AZ yet. It's still medical and they're it's on the ballot to vote this year. But um I definitely appreciate the city. Yeah, man. Um so what in Vegas it's it's uh recreational down there. Is is it can you smoke in, in the no. spot yet? No? No. Not yet. Are they is it are they working on it? No, Is to there... be honest, on that part of that, I don't, I don't know um, if they're working on it. But it doesn't seem. I mean, I don't know. That seems kind of far, uh, okay. maybe in Vegas. Like I think definitely, like that would happen in Oregon, in Washington first. Yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah, because they have that. Uh, it's like the Northwest Cannabis Market on like Eleventh and Powell in Portland, and you can smoke out back. Or you can do dabs indoors, but no combustion indoors yet. Mm, so I don't, okay. Yeah, I don't. Um, fuck, I want to smoke in the crib or in the spot and have a drink too. You know, like. Hey, that's the man. That's the key right there. Yeah, I feel like if a place can do that, that place will make a lot of money. You know. Yes, sir. So, uh, what? As far as cannabis, dude, do you want to talk about uh that a little bit? Like, are you into? Are you cultivating too? Like, are you? I know you got game six, so like, what's what's an <laughs> angle in, in cannabis at least? Yeah, well, I'm not specifically myself at the time. I'm actually looking to uh, move into a nice home because I, I do have in Portland. I stay in an apartment, so I'm looking to move into uh, my own home probably by the summertime or so. And right. I definitely plan on um, growing and stuff like. You know, I, I have my great grandfather who has um, prostate cancer and he's actually had it for probably about like five years or so now. And um, he has his specific strains and stuff that he gets. And so I do have a few people in my family that I would love to be their, you know, their personal grower. Yeah. So it wouldn't only be just for, you know, my own personal use or whatnot. Like I, I want to be able to uh, just you know, be that, that, that go-to guy for the people who really need it and not just, you know, not just using it just on some, you know, to get high type of situation. Like I really have a lot of yeah. people that need it medically. 
No doubt, man. And I'm I'm sure you could make dope referrals too, based on your experience. Cause yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I I bartended a bunch of spots in Portland and Seattle too. And when it when it went wreck and the old folks came in, that was the the most important thing was to help them find something that was gonna work for them. You know, not make them freak out. It's like I, I want you to come back, man. Right. You know. Right. So that's cool, dude. Yeah, I want to make my own string too. So. Yeah, dude. That's like. I mean, thing. I can have somebody else do it for me now, but I kind of just feel like if I do it for myself, like I want to. I don't know. I want to make some, some for my dad as well. Uh, some some yeah. sporty OG or some. You know what I mean? Some. Hell yeah. No but just doubt. crossing some crossing some, some some good flavors, you know, and really get into it though. I really want to do the whole test to make sure the things that I'm crossing, uh, I wanna have, I was just telling my uncle, uh telling KB, like I want it to be I want it to be strong and good tasting and all that, but I want the C B D level to be at a certain level as well. And that that does require testing too, like you have to pick the one with the right percentage you know what i mean right. and then breed right. with that one like it was that pennywise i think pennywise was like a cbd strain one of my buddies grabbed a 10 pack of those seeds and ran it and when he got the lab results back he was bringing it to the shop i was at human collective and he was trying to sell it to me and there was no cbd on the test result mm. and so i was just like it's supposed to have cbd bro you know and he's <laughs> like he's like i cracked those 10 seeds man he's like this was the best looking one i think you know the labs came back like i'm like I'll, I'll take it, but right. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, folks are going to see that name and look for something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's, that's dope. Cause uh, you don't know on seeds until after it's ready to go, you know, after it's bloomed and everything. And then you got to test it just because it says it's a CBD strain. It's like, you know, you, you got to get the lab first. You can't tell from the jump. Right. Yeah. So I'll definitely have to consult with some, people who are you know more knowledgeable to me more knowledgeable than me in the you know in the field but i do have a lot of uh, a lot of connections so yeah dude we're gonna, yes, we're gonna get into it for sure so um what about your music lately are you focused on more production stuff are you still writing songs are you what's 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 the gameplay <laughs> what's the game plan on that tip six um so i've been doing a lot of production Really, like more recently, so like what I, what you had said, I was I had posted on my Instagram. Uh, I had a song that I had produced for one of my close friends uh, that I've been knowing growing up back, basically all the way back to the franchise days. One of my brothers, S. Loyal. Um, I produced a lot of records on his album and a lot of just a lot of records for him. Period. We do a lot of music together. We still working together uh, every day. But so I produced that a record called Viral for him. And he got too short on it. So shout out to my bro, S. Loyal, uh, for making, you know, that type of situation happen. Hell yeah, man. Uh, I do a lot of stuff. Me, I produce a lot for KV. KV has a lot of unreleased records that I know that he plan on uh, releasing probably this year or coming next year or so, something like that. I got a lot of Portland artists, upcoming artists, a lot of Bay Area artists, uh, that I'm connected with, that I'm working with. Uh, so the production is is what I'm really focused on right now. I kind of pushed back from uh, putting out music for a minute because I was taking care of my dad. Yep. This was the probably the last 
three years before he passed away. Um, so he had a disease called sarcoidosis and it basically required for me to be able to, I needed to be his caregiver. I basically needed to step up and give up some of the things that I was doing. And one of those things was music. Yeah, and so, you know, I just, I, I kind of, it wasn't like I had to do it, but I'm so, when I do music, I'm so focused on it that, you know, it requires all of my attention. You know, every I, I, I like to give it a hundred percent. And so being that this is what my dad, all the music that I know and that I do and everything that I've learned has come from my dad for the most part. So, you know, it, it wasn't really a hard decision to decide like, okay, well, let me just put this stuff to the side and, um, I can work on production. I end up picking up production in the meantime because that's a little different for me. It doesn't require, it's like a different type of, uh, a different type of art. Like, cause I, I was doing this stuff for Mac Dre when I was 16, but I stopped producing probably when I was about 17, when I went to jail actually. Okay. So I didn't pick up producing again until maybe five years ago. Oh damn. That's tight, dude. So it was like I was away from it for a while, but there was a few things like, so that with my dad kind of pushed me to it. And then also being like an independent artist and wanting uh, a specific type of sound and not wanting to look on YouTube and have the same stuff as everybody else. As, I just was like, okay. So as, my dad even said, like, you need to start making your own beats again. Like you need to, like that way you can build your own brand and nobody can create what you're creating. You know what I mean? Like you can definitely put yourself in your own lane. No doubt, man. Yeah. I, uh, that's how I'm feeling lately, dude. I, I want certain rock and roll flavored, you know, and sometimes the, the beats that you get from the homie, there's not a winner in there, you know? So it's like, right. I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I have a session next weekend with a couple of my cousins in Lewiston that play guitar. So, I'm pretty, <clears throat> I'm pretty excited to uh, get some riffs and be able to work with something that's that's not just a beat that I'm writing to, you know. Right, right. So I dig that shit six. Yeah. Um, so I can I mention something too, though. So I'm doing, so I am doing the production um, for a lot of different people, and so I'm just now, I would say, like, kind of getting back to getting out of uh, grieving over my dad and, you know, getting through that whole thing. So now I'm wanting to get in the studio and record and stuff yeah. like that. So that's really what I wanted to get to because I was, I'm not a person that I don't force music. No and so It's tough to do that. Doesn't you know, and so good. going through everything that I went through with my dad and just being that our relationship with music, um, it was hard for me to do a lot of stuff like production wise i was still able to do that but you know i wasn't able to listen to certain types of music for a little bit i wasn't able to uh write that much you know myself even when i did want to write a few little bars on the side or something like it was just pretty difficult for me so now that i am getting back to really where i want to be um i plan on releasing some music this year i i have plenty of unreleased music on my computer on my hard drive like i got plenty of music that i can release like right now but i'm yep. the type of person that i want to make sure that you know there's purpose behind it and we actually have a plan and a direction you know so i know exactly what i'm doing like it's not just to throw music out because like yes. i said i got plenty of it but i do want to 
put I do want to put some music out just for people like you. You know what I mean? People that you know support me and our fans and our fans of mine. Like I mean, I appreciate everybody. So I don't want to you know keep everybody sitting and waiting and wondering like, hey, does this dude still rap or does he do that? But you know, we all go through life, and I had you know my situations that I needed to take care of, and that was really taking care of my dad, and so I'm past that. So it it takes uh it takes time to heal and grieve so i think i think it's uh respectable of you to take care of your pop too yes sir. Uh, but also you know um mourn take time to mourn you know and that's uh respectable dude and i i think your music probably will be a lot tighter now that you're motivated yes. and you know yeah it's tough to write happy songs when you got sad vibes in your head you know so yeah. And yeah. sometimes, sometimes the, the, you know, it, those sad vibes and all that stuff, like if you can, um, if you can really get that out of you, you may be able to make some really good music during that time. But for me, it like, I'm, I was pretty emotional. So it was like, I would be more emotional than I would be productive. So if I was able to be really productive with it, I would definitely pull from that emotion because drawing from real emotion is where the best music comes from. Whether yeah. it's sad or real, I mean, happy, whatever it is, as long as it's real and it's coming from, you know, a real spot in your life or something you saw or you reflecting on, then you should be able to connect with some people. Yeah, man, I agree. Emotion is, man. Like if it doesn't make you feel some type of way, then... With like it's it's just songs and music, you know. Right. Like it, it just Tupac. He had emotion, man. Right. <laughs> um. So, uh, one of my cookie cutter questions that I throw in there, if it's an artist or you know cannabis people, um, what do you feel? I'm gonna ask you two questions. There's two sides to this coin. The first side is, what do you feel was your smartest move? on the path to where you're at now. And and I know maybe you're not where you want to be as far as record sales or so, you know, I want to have a, but you do, you look successful from right here, dude. So Thank what, you know, Thanks. what, what, uh, <clears throat> what do you feel was the smartest move, man, on the path to where you're at right now? Um, I think my smartest move was to not rush to, mm-hmm. to go ahead. And one thing that I see a lot of artists, that I feel don't do even it's been happening for some years now, but especially now, like I don't think a lot of artists go through artist development. Yeah. And I kind of put myself through artist development and just stayed in the studio for, you know how they say 10,000 hours. Like I'm, I'm definitely, yes. I've definitely put in 10,000 hours plus. And no doubt. so is that's like I said, all that music I got on my computer, like, a lot of other people may want to hear it and get it and, and want it to be released. But for me, a lot of it was practice. It was helping me learn how to write songs, how to format songs, how to do different uh, wordplay and, you know, just really getting involved in the whole writing process and enjoying it, though, not not just writing something just to write it or whatever, like really enjoying the whole process and uh, being happy and satisfied with the stuff that I'm writing, you know, at the same time. So I think that this whole time, like I just been putting myself through artist development, even with the production, like I didn't just try to jump out and make it like, Oh, like I'm doing beats again. Like I'm this dope producer or whatever. Like I had to study, like I watched tutorials every day, uh, 
you know, I'm 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 downloading the the newest sounds. I'm watching the newest producers. I'm, you know, I'm just I'm steady. So nobody's making me do this. I'm waking up and I'm doing it every day on my own. So yeah. I've been doing this for years, and I feel like at this point that I've built myself up to really where I need to be. Like I'm knowledgeable about the business side of things as well, not just the music. So. You know, I'm not going to go sign some shady contract or whatever, you know, the case may be. I'm not uh, I'm not desperate for money. I'm not desperate for a situation um, like I have close friends. My close friend is, is is Warren G. Shout out to Warren G. Like I've had a person like that in my corner since 2006. Like That's I met right. him. He found me on MySpace. Like I know, you know, we could get into this story as well. But like, yes, hell yeah, I forgot to. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. I uh, in two so in two thousand and six, I had released a mixtape on my own, just some independent stuff, and it was buzzing around the city. And this is MySpace day, so I had everything up on my MySpace or whatnot. And I had did a remix to, I don't remember the exact song, but I know it was a Snoop. It was a Snoop remix. Okay. And so you know Warren G and Snoop's relationship, like he's yep. the person who brought Snoop into. You know, yeah, two drag. Two, one, three. Two, one, right. three. Yep. And, they, you know, close partners. So one day I just wake up and get on MySpace and I look in my messages and I got a message from Warren G. So, Damn. you know, when you first see it, obviously, like, you're not going to. This is like, oh, this is some with. other fake. This is not yeah. real. This, you it know, it's not real. With. And on top of it, the only thing that it said was, was hit me. And it, and it had his phone number. It didn't. It wasn't saying anything specific or nothing like that so i got a, i got i showed my dad that's the first thing i did i showed my dad i'm like hey dad can you be like hey the warren g just hit me he said like he said hit me so i call and the first time i call some other guy some mexican guy answers the phone and so i'm like oh no nah, this ain't it so i hang up like did it this 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 is probably fake like this yeah. ain't real someone's fucking with me my dad said that exactly. My dad yeah. says, call it again. You might have dialed the wrong number or something. So I did. I dialed the wrong number. I called <laughs> back. He answered the phone. Uh man, it was that moment right there is just something that it was it was crazy because it was really him. You know, it was really hey, him. Man. And the first thing that he's telling me is, you know, how dope I am and how he came across my music and he wanna work. You know, he wanna work with me. So that's tight, dude. Is, as a kid too, man. As a kid, you gotta be like, ah. Blessing, man. You know, I grew up. This, I grew up listening to that music, man. My dad, like I said, my dad had all these CDs and all this Warren G, Dr. Dre, Snoop, all that stuff. I grew up listening to it. So seeing that, and then years later, after me, you know, putting in this work and just doing something that I love to do, and then all of a sudden you get this recognition from this person, and how uplifting and positive he was was he's very down to earth uh you know there's not this whole celebrity like everything is is like this and i felt that from the moment i first started talking to him like i wasn't nervous like he that's made cool. me feel like that though from his conversations so that's tough, uh, man. so yes yeah, so i've been knowing him and i've been connected with him since 2007 and I have an unreleased song that he sent me with Nate Dogg. Oh. Rest in peace, Nate Dogg. Oh, Nate Dogg, sick, what? 
I'm blessed, man. I'm oh, blessed. man. I mean, I might not be this celebrity or whatnot, like a nationally known celebrity or whatnot, but I can definitely say that I've been blessed and I appreciate, you know, the people that have came into my life and that I can say that I'm connected, you know, to them in a real way, though. Like, you know, not yeah. just, uh, you know, I mean, I got his number in my phone. Like, you know, I mean, I can hit him or, you know, he can hit me when he come in town. He need to get a haircut or whatever. He's going to tap in. He's going to hit me. Oh, damn. Yeah, I uh, I remember reading a interview with him in, like, The Source or something. And usually rappers, they're always trying to floss, you know, the jewels in the cars. And he was in his go-kart. You know what I mean? And Yeah, man. It just, I, I was like, man, that's cool. And he he, he just kind of said that in the interview, too. Like, man, I don't spend my money on shit like that. I got a, I got a house and I got these little toys I play with, so. Yeah, man, real, real, real humble dude, not flashy. You know, he gonna have his chain, he gonna have his shirt and everything, and you know, he gonna always look nice and be presentable. But he's not coming with these, all these, crazy. Like he's coming and he's letting his work speak for itself. You know, he's yeah. coming and he's killing the show, and you know, he's going home. He's, he's man, he's a good dude for sure. Shout out no, to Warren G, man. No doubt, and, and man, thanks for sharing that story too, Six. I did yeah, not sir. know. I was not aware of any of this shit, man. So, thanks for bringing it to Concerned Dabs Podcast, man. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude, for reals. And I don't uh, know if I kind of veered off uh, from the question. With oh that, no, dude, no, that's I, perfect, dude. Perfect. So, oh yeah. So the other side of that coin on that question, um, what do you feel has been your biggest mistake or misstep like fuck up whatever um i'm a perfectionist so that has its good sides and its bad sides to it like the good sides of it is i always try to make sure everything is quality that yeah. i put out so then i usually get good results yeah but the bad side of it is it makes me take a long time on stuff or it makes me Maybe I'll be like too hard on myself about something. Yeah. Instead of letting, uh, like, even with a lot of music, like I know with music, like a lot of fans, they want to grow with you. You know, uh, they they don't always want to hear you sound polished. Like you're in this professional studio every time. Like they want to see, they want to hear you going from this step to that step or whatnot. But me, just how I've you know grown up and stuff, and with music and how I respect music and my ear for music and how I want to present myself when I do release music is that I want it to sound really good and I want it to be quality. So I'm a perfectionist. And so I think that can make me be um, somewhat of a procrastinator, if you would call it that, but it definitely just pushes things back. The perfectionism is like just push, makes things take a little bit longer. And some people might get something done today and be like, oh, I'm about to just throw it out there and release it and let's just see how it works in the world or whatever. But I'm not really one of those people. And so I think sometimes I should be. Yeah, I'm guilty of the same shit, Six. I'm going to drop singles this year. I was scrambling to put an album together. And now it's right. like, fuck, dude. What if I've spent all this time and effort and, you know, like I can't, I can't get everybody to, you know, if it's only one release instead of multiple, I feel like my chances are better to, to get heard if, if I do yeah. multiple singles instead yeah, of one yeah, album. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely And, and it, I'm, I like quality too, bro. And sometimes when I settle, I'm 
angry at myself like fuck because I, I you hear it on the mix and usually it's when it's i'll listen to spotify or itunes or something of my old music and i'm like fuck it sucks i hate the way that shit sounds you know like and you know what the odd thing about that is and this is why i was trying to get out of like you know i mean i'm i'm okay with being a perfectionist but i i know that everything has to you know too much of anything is bad you know so yeah. it needs to be to an extent like to where okay like you can be a perfectionist and this can be what you're going for quality wise, but you need to have a deadline. Yeah, man. That's, you know, yeah. And, and stick to it and go. And, and like I said, throw it out there and see what, but like what you said, like doing singles and taking something and kind of um, breaking it down so that you can focus on getting this one thing to sound really good and you can be happy yeah. about it other than trying to get a whole full body of work because like man that takes time like to put a full album together and really get it to where yeah. you really want it to sound fuck yeah dude especially when you didn't record it all in the same place too man yeah, sir. it's like fuck trying to make the the pieces fit is difficult sometimes right and that's what i'm trying to do right now i'm looking for um just you know people to collaborate with like to do more get different types of mixes on some of my production um, that I'm doing as well. Cause like I said, I, I haven't been doing the production for, well, it's been about probably like five years. So when it comes to like, I can create, that's just, you know, naturally in me. But when it comes to mixing the, the beats and all that stuff, like I've actually had to learn that stuff. Like I've had to yeah. learn about EQing and you know, how important it is for you to be able to mix your own beats um, as a producer. But a lot of big producers, uh, Scott Storch and all these people, they have another engineer as well that can, you know, that will mix it for them so that it can, because they may have a, another higher level of expertise in that area, yeah. you know, of mixing. And so that's DJ what I'm RPM. kind of looking for. Adult DJ engineer. RPM was always that guy. Yeah. For the mix. Right. Yeah. He, he would always make this crazy face. When he's sitting there listening, because when I'd book my, it would take me like an hour to record my verses, but it would take him like three or four to mix, mm. you know? And so he'd make this weird face, like when he'd be sitting there <laughs> jamming it and adjusting the sliders and everything. And I, you know, I, uh, just watching, I, I understood how difficult it was and that he spent a lot of time doing it. And, most times those guys are just happy to have someone sit in with them because it's that shit's boring sometimes, you know? So yeah. I'll yeah, just man. sit in. And it it takes a certain type smoke. of person. I I'd be telling my friends that like they'll see me, you know, they, they, they respect me to do everything. Like they, okay, I'm gonna make the beat. Then after that, I make the beat. Then they want to, they want me to make the beat sound good. Then after that, they want to record on the beat. Then they want me to, record them and make it sound good i'm like man it takes a lot like it takes a certain type of person to really be able to understand eqing and all that type of stuff like you know yeah, it's not man. for everybody it's not one <laughs> thing i've been looking at too is uh lander have, have you heard of that it's like yeah ai software do, do mm -hmm. you like it really so i want to say so can you can you tell me about that a little bit because some of my producer homies are like, no, don't do that. Just send it to me. And I'm like, I want to wait, man. I want to try and, you know. I, I think that it depends on what you're using it for. And also, okay. if you're going to pay for the premium 
Um, the $40 a month one or something. Yeah, I mean, so you can get the the highest, whatever I think is the highest wave file, the highest quality wave file. I mean, because I feel like if you if you put your track in there and you get like the the lo-fi, you're not really getting what the potential of what it could really sound like. Yeah. So I think you need to actually pay for the highest file, even if you only do it for one song or whatever, like pay for the highest file that you can pay for to see what the highest quality of it is, what the best quality would actually sound like. But the down, what I think that's not good about it is I kind of feel like they're just boosting your levels other than um, like how mastering will have a, a, a ceiling and it won't go past a certain, like, I feel like sometimes when I do it in there, I may, it may make my 808 distort if I take it to from low to medium, like I always will have to keep it at low. And I'm already, I'm always making sure that there's headroom so that when they do boost it, you know, that it will still sound quality. But so, yeah, so I don't know. I've heard some good things come out of there. I've saw some producers throw some stuff in there and it came out cool. Like they posted it right on, um, you know, their social media right after or YouTube and it sounded good. But I've done that a couple of times too. And it sounded good, but I've done it with some other stuff, and it didn't sound good. So what? What about uh? Is the end? Do, does it give you like a template? Like you can put this track through Lo-Fi, or like there's there's different names for the templates, and then do you just choose? It does it automatically, or like so basically, yeah. So they give you three options. They give you low, medium, and high, and it's basically how much the track is affected. Okay. Um, so the low, you just basically can preview it. And then you, if you want to go up, like maybe, maybe it's raised it a little bit. It's raised the levels a little bit and you may hear some of the sounds coming together, kind of sounding like it's more meshed together a little bit. And then you can go to medium and that's going to be probably a, a lot louder than where the low was. And yeah. so I think it probably all depends on how good your mix is before you put it in there though so if your if your mix is good and and you have enough headroom to know that this program is about to boost it so that it's not distorting and stuff like that then you probably be all right good advice man i i uh i dig listening to folks who speak that language because i'm i don't speak it fluently man so I, it's cool to ask questions and yeah it's a lot of mastering answer stuff though out there that people like nowadays man like that's all type of you know people using fruity loop studio and uh a lot of user-friendly programs that have these master and low plugins that they just throwing them on there and it's sounding good it's sounding good yeah. you know so some people are using lander and then some people are just using you know the plugins that they have maybe on their pro tools or whatnot just a, a mastering plugin and using a preset and yeah. adjusting the preset, you know, a little bit. So, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I just have to EQ my voice when I'd go to a studio cause it's deep. And so we would save the presets after that. And so when I would come back, it was right. It so didn't take as long to set up and go. Yeah, sir. Yeah. You got that podcast voice though. You got, man. <laughs> no doubt. Thanks, man. Yes, I, sir. Strip club DJ a few times, you know what yes, I mean? Yes, sir. Hey, I actually I feel like did, this is... I stri I did strip club DJ for about a couple of weeks. <laughs> it's all right, man. Where at? At Exotica. 
All right, man. Yeah, man. I, I one auditioned my, there one time, man. That's tight, yeah, that, one of my boys. He was actually he needed somebody to help. Like he was uh, needed some assistance or whatnot to help fill in. Like he was gonna be doing some other stuff, and they needed somebody to come help. So he came and he brought me and showed me. Like it was easy for me to catch on because I deal with music and all that stuff, you know, on a daily basis anyway. So you know, microphones, speaking, and everything was just kind of natural for me. Yeah, dude. Yeah, oh, cool. I miss. I miss that spot a lot, dude. Like when the fellas yeah, from from back home would come to town, it's like that's where everybody wanted to go too, because it was brown yeah. skin and rap music, man. Like, right? You, you couldn't get that in anywhere else in Portland, so yeah, that was a spot for sure. Yeah, hell yeah, dude, that's dope. I I, I uh auditioned there one time for Dre on a Sunday. I think they had an incident the night before or something, because there was only like two girls that showed up. Oh, uh, straight then, up for uh, Dre Cut? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I I stayed at him, bro. I was like, man. Straight man, up. Man. He's like, man. Yeah, and then I, th I think he knew it was going to be slow that Sunday. So he was like, man, come through an audition. Straight like, up. Yeah, I was man. actually just watching him do some production, too. You know, he, I don't know if you know, he's uh, doing, like, a lot of production. I'm watching him going live on Facebook or whatnot. Shout out Dre Cut. Yeah. He was a... Uh, no way. Really? He making yeah. beats? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's, that's the fire, man. Yeah, he was a super cool cat, dude. I got, you know, super yeah. cool cat. And I, I swear, dude, I don't know if this is true, but on the radio, there was some kind of ad that Nike was running for their, like their Fitbit watch thing or something. Uh -huh. And he's like, I, it sounded just like Dre. I don't know if it was him or not, but he's like, have you liked the, the smell of hot, fresh laundry? Then it's for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, if it's not for you, then it's not for you. And it just, man, I wanted to ask him that too, because I'm like, dude. Hey, man, you know that's a that's a that's a smart business minded guy. So it ain't no telling. You never know. He might have his hand in anything. Yeah, it was just a real entertaining advertisement for their product, and you usually just don't hear that, you know, on radio for right. shoes or you know something. So it was it was cool. It stood out, and it sounded like him, man. Bug him, get him on the show, man. They yes, hit him up. Sir see what he's up to all right so looks like we got about six or seven minutes left here six um is there anything else that you wanted to cover um i, I can shoot you another cookie cutter question but uh uh it's oh, well time, actually sir. i was gonna get into it i uh outside of me doing the production and the music i had started doing something started a business called sporty vision which is i've been doing a lot of videography but shooting it all on my iphone so hey man i i bought a gimbal too man good for man, you I've been getting, yeah yeah you gotta I'm, yeah. i got a gimbal i got my iphone i got my editing programs all on my phone i mean you just gotta be able to to do it right there you know and be able to always do it wherever you're at and I that's agree, to man. me that's been it's been work it's been working really well and so i've been getting clients they've been doing a lot of highlight videos recap videos so anybody need you know yeah. me, me to come to your event i can cover your event like you would never the thing is is a lot of people ask when they see the videos what type of camera do you have they don't know it's done yeah. with an iphone until i tell them it's done with an iphone and then when i oh, say yeah. when i tell them that i didn't export i didn't even airdrop this and, and edit it on my computer which i could do but yeah. my whole niche of it, of what I really want to do is like, I'm really going to do 
all of this on my phone, everything. I'm going to do everything on my phone and you're not going to be able to tell. And so that's really, you know, that's really what I've been doing. Like even when I go places uh, doing travel videos, like when I was, I got some on my Instagram when I was out in, uh, in LA around the time that Nipsey had passed, I was just out there just going to, you know, view the area just like everybody else. But I decided like, Oh, well I got my phone. Let me just record some stuff and put some stuff together. And so, man, it came content, out. It came man. out really nice too. Yeah, I yeah, I encourage everyone to do the same thing. The video that I I shot, I still have one more garden scene that I'm trying to shoot at the end of the month in Portland. Uh, but it's all with my Android phone. You know, I'm I'm gonna edit it on my computer. But it is, man. I'm, hey, uh, however you gotta do I feel it, this, dude. I just feel that everything that you just said right now. You know, it's like yes, so much yes, yes bro. Because I. I I believe in the same things. It's it's real easy to stay ready when it's in your pocket. You know what I mean? I mean, you, that's you really, have like- I've even heard some, uh, some you know, actual real professional photographers saying like, you know, in that moment when you need to get that shot, you may not be able to grab that cannon or whatever. It doesn't mean that you can't have that and that you won't never use it. It's just that this is the thing that you have all the time with you. So, yeah. And I mean, and it shoots in 4K. And, you know, I mean, these cameras are good. So if you know how to edit and you know how to shoot the video, it's perfectly fine. You can can shoot the video, edit it, and upload it straight to your social media without there being this big gap in between of time. Like, you can really, you know, get it done fast. And, you know, and that's what I've been working on, not being a perfectionist about. Like, with my video stuff, I'm not as hard on myself as I am with music. So I've been able to knock this stuff out and get it out faster. Like, That's good, man. You know, so, so yeah, so I'm actually proud of myself for that. But I need to be able to do the same thing with the music and not be as, you know, hard and technical with that. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, man. That, uh... Fuck, dude, that, that fits in with that cookie cutter question, too. Because that's an idea that I, I like to promote also is, you, you know, you can shoot it with your phone. Do it you know? yourself. Yeah, dude, like, uh, the technology just keeps getting better. There's no excuse for not being able to create something, you know, because you're going to have to do a lot of it on your own, but there's there's folks willing to collaborate, too, so. Right, it's, and uh, you can use even, you can even start with using the free apps, because, I, I mean, I, I started out just doing regular basic stuff and using iMovie on my phone, and then until I wanted to try to do you know, better transitions and getting into other things, then I realized like, okay, so I need to actually, the same way that I would invest in music or whatever the case is, I need to invest in a better editing program and whatnot. And so, yeah, so I actually use a Luma Fusion. So I spent like $30 on the app. Like a lot of people won't spend that on an app, but to me, $30 is nothing. You know, for, yeah, it's for your that art, you can do that type of stuff on like you. It's yeah. And it's only it's a one time, you know, you pay it one time. It's not like a yearly thing or nothing like that. It's just you pay it once and, you know, you got your program. So and you got to invest in yourself. yourself. Is, yeah, it's important, man. I, I try to tell kids to do that, too. You know, it's like, man, don't, uh, don't look for a label, man. Like use use your front pocket, dude. Like, you can do it on your own. All these tools that they, man, everything is in this phone, though. That's what people really not, you know, like, you really got to, it's stuff that even that I even realized that's on this phone every day that, you know, I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Like, they really have given us 
a tool that I've, you know, I've seen people become rich off of it. And it's strictly really like the phone is the main thing. Like people to be able to wake up and record yourself every day and post it straight to the world. Like, you know what I mean? That's, it's, man, that's crazy. Yeah. It's changed a lot in 10 years, man. A whole lot. So, yeah. A whole lot. Um, uh, So we're right about 9 p.m. Is there a... Is there anything else you want to share from your experience? And and can you plug your social media and, and anything you got coming out? Um, yeah, my social media is I am six on everywhere. Uh Twitter. Can, can you spell that? Can you spell Instagram. that out loud too? Just so. yes. I A M number six I X. Perfect. So specifically my stage name is six. That's what I go by. Spelled number six I X. And uh yep. so yeah, I do have I plan on releasing some singles as just as how you said, I plan on releasing some singles this year. I don't have specific release dates, so I won't put that out there, but anybody that would like to contact me for any type of highlight videos, recap videos, uh, which is what I'm really doing right now and production. Um, mm-hmm. They can contact me through any of my social media direct. I always respond. I read all messages um, I'm always willing to network and connect with whoever. I'm very open to collaborations of any sort. Um, open to any type of interviews, podcasts, any bookings for you know anything. So, just willing to work, looking to work and connect, and uh, you know build my brand. No doubt, man. Thank you for coming on the show, Six. Thank uh, you for having me. I, man. I, I, yeah, pleasure. I appreciate it a lot. I. We got some really good stories that I wasn't expecting, man. So that's, that's awesome. It's it's good to hear your experiences, man. And thank thanks for sharing them with us. Um, yeah, it's good. And it's hopefully, good to, uh, to share them as well. Good to share them. Yeah, man. And and then uh, if if you want to come back, if you want to promote anything you got coming out, dude, anytime, uh, hit us up. I'll I'll probably bug you in six months to <laughs> ask you to come back on. You know, I I, I like uh. What? Well, hopefully before this six months, I actually will be releasing something. So I will have something to yeah. actually, you know, to come and promote. So that's yeah, really going to be, yeah. be the goal. And uh, yeah, I just, you know, we're going to put it like that. And I look forward to speaking with y'all again and really making sure that we get that, get that promo out for whatever that might be. Because I do plan on releasing an instrumental tape as well. That's what I didn't say, but I do plan Ooh. on, like, I, since I've been doing all this production, I'm going to do an instrumental tape. And uh, yes, I got some other ideas too, but I'm gonna just say that that's one thing that I know for sure that I could do right now. Like I could do that yeah. right now. I got plenty of. It's just about picking the picking the direction of the tape that I wanted to go, and um, so I'm working on that. That's in the process. Word, yeah. Six instrumental tape. Look for yes, that, sir. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. All right. So uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna do my outro dance. This was the 56th episode of Concerned Dabs Podcast. I was your host, KDM Kane. Our guest tonight was Six from Portland and Vegas talking about his experiences in music and cannabis, man. We got some really good stories, ladies and gentlemen. I, I hope you enjoy the episode. I got to give a special shout out to my guys in production, Mitchell Wilson and Jesse Curry. This has been a Main Node and Joseph Street Enterprise production. <laughs>